God is good. Amen? Amen. Well, let us pray and then just get right started with it. And, you know, ask the Lord to speak something fresh to you. We're going through the book of Jonah today, not the whole thing. Um, how many have read the book of Jonah before? There you have. How many have drawn little pictures with the crayons? <laughs> Jonah eating the thing. Yeah. That's okay, but you know, the prophetic word comes through the scriptures. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, you know, and it's important that we uh, open our hearts to what the Lord would say to us uh, personally without any manipulation. Father, we uh, come before you and thank you for your power. Lord, as uh, Jody said and as the song stated and as your word reinforces how you love us so much. You have a great love for us. Lord, it's an everlasting love. It's an eternal love. Lord, it's a love, 1 Corinthians says, that never fails. It never fails. It's never the loser. Lord, you're always the winner. And I thank you that love is steered toward us. We receive the cross, the mercy, the blood that's poured out uh, for us. And maybe you can just need a reminder right now. That's right. Just say, Lord, you paid for my sins. Just remind yourself, Lord, you paid for my sins. You might have some sin that you think is going to weigh you down, something going to just hold you back. And I'm telling you right now, the Lord has forgiven you. His redemption is pure. Accept one another then as you have been accepted. Other place, forgive one another as you've been forgiven. Love one another. And Lord, we come with that heart, knowing that we fall short of this, just like Jonah, who we're going to talk about. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just uh, see these scriptures for someone else. Lord, that we'd see these scriptures for ourselves, as tough as that is. Lord, and that you would help us to grow and become more like you. Lord, it's something that we can't do in our own power. Lord, I commit this time to you. I ask, Lord, that you would minister not only to me, um, but the truths I need to hear and have, had her, and have heard, but deeper. And uh, Lord, for your people that you love and those that you're drawing near. Lord, get a hold of their heart. Let them see your goodness. In Jesus' name, if you agree, can you say amen? amen? Amen. Well, you know, some of you might know that the word Jonah in the Hebrew is um, is dove, uh, which we know to be a um, New Testament symbol, you know, of the dove, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just a dove. We see other pictures of the, of the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire, consuming fire, the Spirit. Um, we believe um, as Christians that he is a person, not just a force, uh, this Holy Spirit, that he is a living. And we see that because in the text he's described as God. He's described as having personality, everything we see a person having, emotions and character and attributes. So we see him as a person, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Um, but yet the Bible says there is one God. There is but one God, one essence, one being. Um, this dove in the Old Testament, though, had a different meaning. And it's ironic how God uses some things that the Israelites did not understand or comprehend. To them, a dove was kind of a silly, sort of a senseless symbol. Um, and that's kind of how Jonah, you know, is perceived in some senses. Um, just to give you a little picture of Jonah and where he lived. Um, in fact, I'll give you a picture of Nineveh. How many are pretty familiar with Baghdad? Come on, we've just been at war. Have you guys heard about the war? It's, it's, just, it's in Iraq and in Baghdad. Just so imagine all the pictures you've seen of the Middle East. And now picture Baghdad and then go up north about 
220 miles, something like that. And then picture, you know, the, the Tigris River there on the east bank. And then picture Nineveh being right about there. Picture it being, you know, on the coast, um, having access uh, to the greater sea uh, by riverways. It's a great merchant city trading. Uh, in, in, in those days, the trading that you can do is kind of like expansion of your company. Imagine the company, you know, you, you, let's say you run a barber shop. Well, then pretty soon you own two barber shops, then three, and you expand. Well, in those days it was shipping, and you would not only ship and trade with your nation and within your nation, but you'd trade with other peoples that would have goods and services that you'd want. Like, you know, certain people were good at carving out wood or, you know, um, you know they'd be good with coins and silver and things like that. And so it was a big trading place. Imagine it like a little America, not the hotel <laughs> and the great brunch that they serve. But, but, but not that, but, but picture a little America, a, a place that had some power. They had experienced a measure of freedom. Like we are. We can do what we want. We're Americans. We're Americans. Right? We can do what we want. You know? We can go golfing if we want. We can play tennis if we want. We can take vacations if we want. We can pay taxes if we want. Actually, we just got to pay taxes, right? But, but, you know, we have that freedom. And they, like us as a people, took their freedom. And they took it beyond God's restraints. And the Bible says in this book of Jonah that... Um, that they kind of imagine it rising up, not as if God is not noticing and going, hey. But it got to that point where, where God had been putting pressure on them in different ways, trials, etc. But it wasn't enough. He was about 40 days out from bringing some great deal of disaster. They were in, in, really in line for disaster that they'd heaped upon themselves. And God's sending them Jonah the prophet. Now, if you've read Jonah, you know that he shows up in another Old Testament book, in one of the history books there, where it says that Jonah was there with his father when the Assyrians had attacked the Israelites and seen great destruction. Jonah was not a big fan of the enemies of God. How many say amen to that? And that just because you experienced that, maybe protection of your family, and that's how he, they, he experienced it. And he had seen devastation. You know, where his country was turned upside down, family members lost, um, great destruction. And so Jonah was not a big fan of Nineveh, not a big fan. And yet God, you're going to see God's character throughout this thing, that God is never going to lose his patience with Jonah. In fact, toward the end of it, we know that Jonah repents. Those of you who have seen this, read this book before, he's going to repent and then he's going to complain all the way to the very end. Does this remind you of yourself sometimes? Do you ever hear yourself complain to the Lord, but it's quiet, so it sounds more holy? <laughs> you know, and then someone asks you, how you doing? You go, praise God. And God's going, yeah, sure you are. Praise God. Right? But inside your mind, you've gone a different direction, or you've been doubting and you've been questioning, or you've given into fear or procrastination to something that maybe the Lord has told you to do, or, or your heart's just hard to something that the Lord has challenged you with personally. And, you know, we, if, if you're like Jonah, Jonah's going to blame everybody. You know, he's the reluctant, petty in so many ways. He's petty about so many things. He's judgmental. He's definitely racist um, against so many things, but he also 
really believes in God. He believes God. He trusts God. You know, he's going to get so many of these trials, and he, can, he turns to God, but he does not want to do what God wants him to say. It's against his grain. And I'm just saying we are an adventure at a crossroads. We are a church at a crossroads. We are a people at a crossroads. We're a family at a crossroads where God is really challenging us to say, are you willing to be a people who follow after me with your whole heart? Do you embrace that? Do you embrace the challenge? You know, Nineveh is described as a great city, an important city, about 14 times there. There's also another word. I used it last week, Ra, you know, and just, I don't know, just sounds like a good Egyptian song, you know, you know, it just sounds like that, but, but raw is this word, it, it's an evil, they did bad things, one thing after another, the amazing thing is their king at the end of Jonah's preaching is going to turn the whole place to fasting and repentance, to releasing their idols and turning to God, how would you like to be used by God in some significant way like that? And it's amazing that the precursor to this is really a rebellion and God walking with a rebellious Jonah step by step. I mean, he goes out in the sun and God puts shade over his head. I mean, God is just really walking. I mean, if I were God, I'd like punch him, wouldn't you? You know, you'd just kind of like punch him in the face. You know, I'd hold his head down like that and go, you going to change or what? But God's like walking with him now. He does have that little adventure with the whale, right? And um, how many do not want to be in the belly of a whale? You know, I'll just say this, you know, God will do whatever it takes to get you on his path. And you might not like it, but I'm telling you, he is faithful to you. He is faithful to you. He is diligent to you. He will not let you slide not because he's ungracious or unknowing of the trial that you're in. It's just that he's consistent with you. He knows who you are. And Jonah knows who God is. You'll see that in these prayers that come up. So let's take a little journey. And I want to ask you this. I know the temptation of this is, and I could do it too. I could preach this message and just think to myself, that's for you. It's for you. I'm going to tell you guys. But the ironic thing is Jonah is the one who's got this repentant message and he's the one who has all the heartache. Isn't that funny? It's not funny, but it's funny. Jonah goes through all this heartache just to preach a message that's totally going to be received. And a whole people are going to be spared because of Jonah. And God loves the Ninevites. You can tell that by his language and the way he speaks. It's poetic. And you can tell that he loves Jonah and he hasn't given up on him. It's not like he was working with Saul where he tells Saul because Saul's rebellion had no end. And Saul, he just goes, the Lord has rejected you as king. The call you have is gone, Saul. It's gone. Your rebelliousness has no limit. That's not Jonah. God is working with Jonah. How many want to be the Jonah who repents? Come on. Now, I know your hand's up just a little bit. I promise you by the end of this, your hand will be higher. And then the reason it will be higher is because you'll, you'll have heard God's words, and then you'll respond to them. Amen? So uh, let's, let's start with this. Number one, 
Just say it with me. Say, God is speaking to me. God is speaking to me. He is. We know that through the Holy Spirit from John 14, that he's guiding us in the truth. He's walking us into his plan. We know it from the Old Testament scripture that says, you know, you know that he will steer us and lead us. You know, commit your plans to him. He'll direct your steps. So many scriptures. But this is specifically a call to him. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And Amittai, amen. And I didn't know there was such passion here. And I appreciate it. And son of Amittai. Amittai is a prophetic leader too. Um, he, he's called the truth. It's not Paul Pierce from the Boston Celtics. It's Jonah, son of Amittai. And he's called the truth. And here we have really a mirror of what we're going to see in the New Testament. Remember, when the Pharisees in the New Testament are saying, Lord, show us a sign. And he says, this sign, this sign to this generation has already been shown. With Jonah being in the valley of the whale. And he says, and the Ninevites repented. And he says, they will preach and declare witness to this generation who does not respond. They heard someone, Jonah, preach. And I tell you, Jesus says, someone greater than Jonah is here. And the Bible says to us as preachers of the good news and those filled with the Spirit that we can do even greater things than Christ because, well, we're spread out. We can communicate the love in the the way and we have his resurrection power. Amen? And so there's a lot of good news here. He says, go, just like go into all the world and preach the good news, teaching them to obey my commands, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Go to that place that thinks it doesn't need you. By the way, I'm not angry too, so if I'm yelling because I'm excited about it, okay? Just so you know. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Now that is a pretty hearty message. And by the way, I encourage you not to invent your own calling. Because some people will go, I think I see evil in my city. I'm going to go preach against it. Listen, do you know how long Nineveh was sinning? Quite a while. Do you know how long in Noah's day they were sinning? A long time. And And he waited around for about 100 years. He did preaching during that time. But we need to be a people led by the Lord. Amen? You need to hear the Lord speak against it. And Jonah's going to figure out at the end of this that his testimony is not just going to be, you guys need to preach. He's got his whole story about the whale that he's including in his story the second time after chapter 3 to the people of Nineveh. And so maybe we also have a little bit of humility when we preach. Do I hear an amen? He says, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Jonah is not eager to preach. I can't wait to tell these people. And I don't think we need to be so eagerly just pointing out the evil of people. We need to have a little bit of humility. Do you guys agree? God is speaking to me. Number two, here's the question. Am I running away? You might think you're not. And again, I'm preaching to myself. I, the Lord, speak a few things. I'm not going to share them all at once, but I had a few things that the Lord spoke to me this week where he's saying, you're not pulling the trigger on this because you're afraid that this, and he just started pointing some things out. And he really revealed it to me in a, in a couple of ways. And I woke up just from him speaking to me and I thought, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm afraid of that. And, he, and it's just like the Lord just came to me and just said, no more. Can I tell you? God is faithful, is he not? 
Whatever situation that you need to hear straight from the Lord, you're going to become more of yourself. Part of becoming a Christian and growing in the Lord is becoming more of who you are, having self-awareness. Who God is, who you are, your relationship with him, getting rid of all the phoniness. This is part of it. But watch Jonah. And I love this because I wondered if Jonah had an escape plan. Like, did he plan it? Like, did he go, all right, if this happens and God calls me, I know he's going to call me over there. He is that main prophet in that area, and there are others as well um, that Chronicles talks about. He's not the only prophet living. And, and he's going, man, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But he right away goes for it. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed to Tarshish. Tarshish is like right on the coast there. He, he wants to, you know, basically, maybe if I leave the land, here's what God called me to, I'm going to get as far away as I can. Like that ever helped, right? And it says, and it says he went down to Joppa, and there he found a boat, bound for that port. So he gets on this boat. He pays for the fare. He goes aboard and he sails for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I mean, it's almost like we got this, you know, this little camera kind of going over. It's like we're tracing the crime. And there goes Jonah in his white SUV. I mean, as he moves forward and there he is. Oh, he's in Joppa. He's got buying boat tickets. He's buying boat tickets. Slash it on the internet. Jonah's running. Right? I mean, this is how it looks to me anyway. And, and, and you look at, you know, you ask, is Jonah not caring about the people? Well, he definitely does not want to see them rescued. In fact, his argument later is, Lord, why do I have to preach to these people? You ever walk by people and you go, yeah, they'll never get saved. Or you just think to yourself, some people are just wicked. How many have ever said that to yourself? No, it's just you, Pastor. You're the only evil one here. <laughs> I wonder what I would have said about myself. You know? What are the odds of that guy coming to Christ? It's not, I don't walk around like that, by the way. But it just, it's a question. You know? Are we running away? Is the call that the Lord put in, you just maybe you thought to yourself, I just can't do it. When I get to Tarshish, I just can't do it. I mean, when I get to Nineveh, I just can't do it. I, I mean, I just, I don't know if my heart's in the right place. I don't know this. And the word of the Lord has been spoken. Amen? And God is leading him in the direction. And here comes the excuses. And trust me, the excuses come in all kinds of directions, you know, diver, derivations, whatever, the different parts and different styles. You know, you get, the, I know, thank you. <laughs> Stumbling over my own words, but... You, you, you see the, you know, I got to bury my dad first. You know, I got to, I just started a business and I just started getting it going. I got to get that taken care of. You know, you know, you know, someone of my family member is sick, so I got to take care of. There's always something that pulls you away when the Lord's saying, come do this. How many know that the Lord knows your life? So we need to become a people that are listening to him. And again, Jonah is a gifted leader. He knows the Lord. Now, number three. And by the way, let me just ask this. How many of you have run away from the Lord's call? Come on. You've called from it. And the Lord's saying, go. Come on. Embrace it. It's a risk. You're going into the great city who's against you. The minute you show up, they're not going to go, Jonah, yeah, baby, way to go. No, he knows he's going to go in there with people who've harmed his family, who've harmed what he's done, who's against everything that he's about. 
And he knows it's hostile. And you see that in the picture. But he goes anyway. And when they go, they respond. It's against, he feared all these things that were, that are going to come true. But yet God is calling him anyway. Go through it, Jonah. And, and God is so patient with him. But the Lord starts to grab you. And I was trying to find the right word, like grab you or get you. Uh, God, when you're running away, God will come get you. Amen? 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 He will come get you. He will chase you down. And I watch what happens to Jonah. And the first thing that happens to us is our environment. My environment goes haywire. I just go, what's going wrong with that? How come everything's going wrong? You know, what are you going to do? You know, hey, how come my, my work's going wrong? How come this is going wrong? Listen, then the Lord sent. Say the Lord sent. Who sent it? The Lord. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea. It's like God's going, here's a wind on the sea. And out of that, a storm rises up. So God is able to intervene in nature. And the ship starts going back and forth. Picture that movie, The Perfect Storm. Okay? Or some, or, you know, some kind of boat movie where you can kind of picture it. Or picture your own experience if you've been in the wild seas on your carnival cruise. <laughs> as you're sipping on a Mai Tai, you know, driving down, the, you know. No, don't picture that. Picture that you are seeing that and in, in, in God, God is challenging you. And listen, on a sailors, usually there's a toughness about them. That, you know, sometimes they're, they're people who are escaping their life. Sometimes they just love the open sea. But they're not men and women really who are just going to be afraid of the first thing that come around. The, the Bible describes it as the boats falling apart. Whatever their construction is, and we know it's pretty good because we see that Noah's boat lasted quite a while just made out of wood, etc. And it says, all the sailors were afraid, and listen, and each cried out to his own God. And that's how it is. That's our culture. Isn't this America? Everybody cries out to their own God. Oh, stock market, help us. What if the stock market goes too low? What will happen to us and our economy? Listen, when you see the stock market go down, just say, yep, my trust is in the Lord. But what about the laws of the land? My trust is in the Lord. You gonna feel, do you see Jesus walking around and going, oh, what are we going to do about Herod and everything? <laughs> let's get Pontius Pilate. Let's get voting things out to everyone. And let's vote against crucifixion. No, Jesus is ready to die. Right? He's taking the opposite view. He's counterculture. You know? And, and I don't have this written just because I forgot to put it in here. But listen, he tells them in the next verse, he says, just throw me into the ocean. As soon as you do, it'll be calm because I know it's my fault. Now, he's not repenting yet. He's not saying, I'm going to make this good or I'm going to get this right. He just says, it's my fault. And I think a lot of people think that that's the end. You kind of just go, you know, it is my fault. It was my bad. Are you going to change? No. But I want you to know how honest I am. Yeah, you know, I did it. You're going to keep doing it? Yeah. But I'm honest. Well, we really respect your honesty. It's really quite integrous. It's amazing how God is just not moved by it at all. Like God doesn't even go, whoa. He just goes, fish, are you ready? Fish is like, yep, ready to go. 
God's going, I'm going to make this repentance all the way. And that's how it is. God does not want us to walk unholy, impure, in any of those ways. He keeps going. And by the way, this plan B of throwing yourself into the ocean so the waters will stop, plan B, escape plan B, is usually not a whole lot better than escape plan A. Right? You tried your first plan, now you're on your second plan, maybe you're on plan C. It's just going to get worse. I hate to tell you. That's how, it, it's, that's how it is. But he says, I know it's my fault, so he wants to, th- to throw it out there. So listen, our environment, my environment starts to go haywire. Letter B, our people get caught up in it. And this is the tragedy of rebellion. You rebellious, maybe you're the dad, maybe you're the mom. You're walking in rebellion. I don't want it to affect anyone else. It's going to affect everyone. It's going to affect everyone. Everyone is touched by it. It's just the way that it is. And, and it's not like the Lord is just punishing. It's, it's the, these things go down to the generations. They affect sin has its impact. I've always wondered what church is all about. You get, you get people who are sinning and they're full of bitterness and they're trying to get healing, but they're still liars and they're still growing. And how many fit those categories still? And you bring them all together. Well, there's a plan. We'll call that the church. The only great thing is that God puts a spirit inside those people and he begins to defeat darkness. Amen? He defeats darkness. And let me tell you, he will win. It's not a question. He's not trying to win. I mentioned it before. Love never fails. Never does. That's what God says. Now, these guys, they're on Jonah's side right now. They don't want to kill him and they don't want it on their shoulder. They don't want it on their head. They don't want to be accountable for it. They're like, what did we do to get this bad hair day? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, can you imagine you're waking up in Tarshish? What do you guys want to do? Man, let's get out there and let's go in here. You catch today. And all of a sudden, Jonah just comes walking on your boat. You're going, hey, dude. He's going, hi. And all of a sudden, your day is ruined. <laughs> right? Your day is ruined. Because judgment always begins with the house of God, does it not? The scripture says. And instead of throwing them out, like Jonah said, just throw me out and the water be calm. They go, no, Jonah, we're going to keep you safe. We're not going to have that in our hands. We're going to row back. And what happens? You know, it says they could not. Why? Because the sea grew even wilder than before. So picture the perfect storm and then multiply it by five. Now it's really bad. They're up, they're down. If you hear Jonah's description of it, everything's hitting him. You're not breathing real well. If you grew up in the ocean, you know that. I mean, in, around water, you know that to be true. And so this is what he, they could not. The people get caught up, and they have to fend for themselves. Okay? That's the next slide. It says, then they cried out to the Lord. Now, listen. First, they're on your side. But now they've got to take care of themselves. They're like, okay, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. And p- finally, they go, you know what? Throw them in the water. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen where everyone in your family is going, throw him in the water. Lord, we can't take this destruction anymore. They need to go get help. It's on their shoulders. Lord, you're doing this. And that's what they say. Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, Lord. You've done as you please. You did this. This guy's on your agenda. Then they took Jonah. They threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. Boy, 
They have been turning their own idols. That didn't help. America turns to its idols thinking it's going to help them. They're American idols. I'm not against the show. I'm just horsing around, but not really. I don't have it there, but it says that this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. It's really terrific that God takes our rebellion and yet he uses it to these people who are caught up and he brings deliverance to them. They get rid of their stuff. They see that their idols mean nothing. God is working on multiple funds. He's working all things together for good inside a thing that looks bad. It's a bad picture. It doesn't look good at all. There's a, he's about to be in the, in the whale's mouth. Okay, this is not a good scene. They're, they're in destruction. Everything's bad. All you can say is, well, how come God is doing all these things? As if the Ninevites were innocent. As if the men of Tarshish were innocent. As if Jonah was innocent. And it's the typical immature attitude. It's God's fault. Let me promise you one thing. God will never come down and look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry I blew it. I was wrong, but you were right. It's your turn to be God now. Well, that's what I thought, Lord. All right, miniature golf courses everywhere. Free popcorn, movies on me. How many know that you are not God and he is? You have to trust him. You have to walk with him. You have to look at his principles. They they have to fend for themselves. Let her see. Then, you want to know how he grabs you? It's not just with the atmosphere. It's not just with the people around you. But your trials get personal, much more personal and intense. They get intense. It says, but the Lord provided. That's that word manna, that Hebrew word there. It says a great fish to swallow Jonah. God manned, he assigned, he appointed, he provided this great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days, three nights, just like the picture of Christ. Now notice something, God's in control. He's not raging. God's not up there going, get him! Ah! That's not God. God is going, hey, get him. The fish is like, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know how you deal with claustrophobia. <laughs> but if hell is anything like claustrophobia, I do not want to be there. I, I'm not terribly claustrophobic, but, but there are certain things that get me. I, when we were kids, we, we drew underneath this fence. We drew like a 15-foot a, a tunnel from one, under one fence to another. And we went with six of us, five or six of us under that. And I was in the middle. And they stopped at the front. And then the person behind me got freaked out and couldn't back up. And I was like, get me out of here. I don't even remember how old I was, but I was like trying to move the dirt. And like the dirt's like, no, I'm not moving. Like, they're just weeds and grass. Thousands of pounds of weed. And grass, <laughs> you know, not doing anything. And, and boy, I, I'm telling you, when Jonah's in that whale, that's exactly what it feels like. He's going to use some descriptive words that says that I'm, I'm closed in on every side. And let me tell you, when you get to this place and you're closed in on every side, 
God will still hear you, and Jonah knows this. God will still hear you. You couldn't flee from him in the first place. We're talking about adventure at a crossroads. We're talking about being at a crossroads. This is a prophetic word for us. How will you react to the crossroads? Not that your mommy is in, not that your cousin's in, that you're in. The crossroads. What is the Lord speaking to you? Not what you think everyone else thinks you should do. What is the Lord speaking to you at this crossroads? It's not what the pastor spoke. It's what God's speaking. The word of the Lord comes to you. And he speaks. And listen. Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. He continues. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Listen how he responds. In my distress. How is that an understatement? You know what I mean? In my distress. Imagine the thing, the fish is going up, it's going down. Jonah's going. "Hmm." (laughs) Like that. Water. (laughs) Now, listen to his description here. He says, he says, I called to the Lord. Now, Jonah the whole time knows his God, right? It's not like Jonah is not a child of the king. He's not uncalled. He's spoken the biggest word under Jeroboam II of a great revival and time of prosperity for the children of Israel. So he is in tune with God, but yet he's walking away. When you're walking away, it doesn't mean you don't know God. It means you don't do, want to do what he has, has you doing. You don't trust him. Jonah is being brought to great trust, and what is his choice? Right? Hey, I just need to call a counselor. But I'm in a whale, so that's not going to work. Maybe I'll meditate for a while. Well, forget that. I don't have any answers. Listen, if there is no God, you're on your own. If there is a God, he's the one you cry out to. How many say amen to that? From the depths of the grave, I called for help. You listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep. You tossed me there. Yeah, the sailors did, but you did. Into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Listen, from the grave, it feels like life is over. I'm telling you, when I was preparing this message, I could feel or sense in my spirit that there are some of you that feel like, eh, I can see where my life played out. You know, I wish I would have done that. I could have done that. Listen to the grace of God. There comes a new voice of the Lord in the morning. How many say amen? The voice will come and say, listen, and God is going to open up a wide open door for you. Walk in it. Walk in it. Yesterday is gone. That day will come. But trust me, the utter brokenness of Jonah is raw and it's real. It's real. It's he's not just going, oh, Lord, I come to thee. He's going, Lord. The Bible says he's got seaweed wrapped around his head. That's the picture. My trust is in you. I called out and you answered me. And don't think I'm exaggerating this. I'm under-exaggerating it. Picture it. It's started with a grand repentance for the Ninevites and it ends up with a brokenness of Jonah. Because guess what? The preachers 
and you, the preacher, also need to be sanctified. Do I hear an amen? It's not just the elite preaching to the chairs. Everyone, you and whoever you're speaking to, we are all growing and being challenged. And you may feel like your life is over, but it is not. It feels like it. And three days is a long time. 72 hours in a whale's, right? Where's the glottis of the whale with the end of his tongue and where part of the stomach? I don't know all the, I've studied it before. I don't remember it offhand right now, but it's not good. It's a bad hair day. Trust me. Listen, Jonah, in verse 4. I've been banished from your sight. Not really. He's not banished. Does he feel banished? Yes, he does. He says, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. He goes back to the people of God. Back to the commitment. You know, the, the, the court of the Gentiles. The, the, where, the, where the, the priests and the stuff would come into the temple and come into the holy place. Lord, I look to your temple, to your people where we gathered, where we worshiped, where the drummers drummed and the music and the incense of the Lord rises up. I look to it. Lord, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. And if you feel like that, trust me, you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Let repentance run its course. How many say amen? Listen, we don't come up with these scriptures ad hoc. Hey, we want to preach on it. Talk about that for a while. We are men and women of God who seek the Lord. We come to these things with sincerity. Ira came to second service and said, this is the scripture that the Lord gave me and he showed it to me. You know, um, or, or demonstrated it to me that this was something that God showed him at the same time. Let me just ask you this. Plain. No, no beating around the bush. No plain church. Are you sick of being in the belly of your own rebellion? Are you sick of it? Are you sick of it? Are you sick of the effect it has on the people? Are you feeling that repentance is impossible? Are you feeling like your call is unattainable or not up to what you think you should be doing? God is looking for full repentance, not just acknowledgement. I did it. That's not enough. God is drawing us in. Listen to Jonah respond as we get to the end of this. There's two parts here. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. Up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, and think about Jonah feeling that his life was slowly just sucked out of him. I bet he was really craving a vitamin C down there. You know? I'm going to take some multivitamins while I'm down there. Get myself a, you know, Java Slurpee so I can get some nutrients. No no such thing. Life ebbing away. Goals. Nothing else matters. I'm sure he wasn't thinking, where's my iPhone? I wonder if it's plugged in. You know, I wonder if I need to save up to get ourselves a Disneyland vacation. Nothing like that. Just life ebbing away. You don't think God can bring you back? He can, and he will, and he's faithful. He loves you, and this is why he does it. Listen to this. I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, your holy temple. And listen to this phrase. Ah, what a deep phrase. 
Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Now, this isn't a salvific grace he's talking about in this context. He's just saying, how much of the blessing? Think of the the men of Tarshish who clung to their idols that produced nothing. Think of the idols that you cling to that you think are going to bring you security or your deliverance. Or in this nation, what you, what you think this nation's going to do for you. I'm telling you, you belong to a different nation. It's called the kingdom of God. How many say amen? amen. How many say amen? amen? We are foreigners and aliens. But we give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And God will pour out his resources upon us. And he will bless us. The enemy will come at us in one direction. He will flee from us in seven directions. He will come at us on one road, and from seven roads he will run away. We too much of a people have worshipped our government. We've worshipped, you know, our idols. We've worshipped our entertainment. We've worshipped the beautiful people. We've worshipped our escape. We've worshipped so many other things, and we put our hope in our retirement, our comfort, our peace, rather than trusting God and saying, Lord, you're the one who knows our life. You'll take care of us. When you surrender, you experience freedom. How many say amen? Last scripture, verse 9. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, just say it with me, say, I'll make it good. Right? He just says, just say, I'll make it good. Right? He's he's saying that, I'll make good. I'll make good on this. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to make it good. Just say, with God's help, I'll make it good. Just turn to the person who just told you, just look at him and go, are you sure? Just, you know, if you don't believe him, honestly, let's be honest. Just if you don't believe him, just go, I don't know. Just look at him. If you believe him, just go, I believe you. If not, just go, I don't know. Be honest with him. What I have vowed, I'll make good. Salvation comes where? From the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. That's the way to get deliverance, huh? <laughs> How was your day today? Oh, it was a great day. I'm telling you, man. What's that? Oh, just, just fish vomit. <laughs> How's things going? Pretty good. Yeah, I'd really want you to obey the Lord. Why? Why should I? Just trust me. <laughs> Ninevites, turn to the Lord. Seriously, turn to the Lord. And wherever he went, the people scattered, going, oh, my gosh. We got to repent. Listen, are you really ready to make good? What, what, I, don't, don't make this grand scheme. I want to do this and this. I promise you that the Lord has spoken something to you. Something in your soul that he said, you see that? No more. No more of that. Maybe it's a fear that you're giving in and you think that's okay. It's not okay. We do not fear the enemy. We fear the Lord. It's not okay. Maybe you've got an excuse and it's everyone else's fault. It's them. It's them. If they would just do this and you're a blamer. Stop it. Stop it. Take ownership. Just say it's me. I have to change. You can't control everybody. You're in a world full of people with problems. 
God's saying, work on you. Why don't you close your eyes? Ira, come on up too as well. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Just keep your eyes closed. A second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give to you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Can I just encourage you and strengthen you right now? I promise you, you have a call on your life. Some of you, the Lord has spoken great things, detailed things, even encouraged you. You're not sure how to get there. Well, trust me, God is working on your behalf, even in our church. God is creating things and developing things and challenging its leaders to recognize those that he's raising up. And we're to give full measure to it. Full measure. Part of that is you believing beyond what you see in yourself. We can't make up these calls and say, wow, why don't you just, why don't you try doing this or try doing that? But I know that God speaks to the people that know him. Maybe you're that person right now who you've been walking with the Lord, but you just haven't been listening very well. You know, you kind of have God on a, you know, you have five channels on your radio. He's kind of that sixth channel you every once in a while switch to. Maybe I'll kind of listen to him for a minute or so. But you really haven't put him on your first preset. And the Lord's challenging you right now, and you're going to say, I'm going to make that good. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to make that good. If that's you, just raise your hand to God right now and say, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm put, you're going on my first preset. Not Christian music. Not someone preaching a message. You listening to God and Him talking to you. You speaking to Him. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to that. And maybe you're the person who you know God has spoken to you about a call in your life and He wants you to acknowledge it and say, yes, Lord, I answer the call. Faithfulness starts with small things. You got to be faithful with little things. Your teachability. You know, the way that you study. The way that you commit yourself to the body of Christ. That's how it starts. It doesn't start with grandiose websites and things that you think are going to make a big impact. It starts with the little things like picking things up off the floor and making yourself available and, to, and for some of you to take responsibility. If that's you and the Lord spoke something like that to you, I want you just to, just to raise your hand to God and just say, Lord, I hear you. 